0: it's time everybody we've officially entered basketball season (laughs) the nfl season is over i'm your host matt guest with me in vegas Getting ready for baseball season and his fantasy baseball podcast, which we will plug here shortly, is Matt Morris. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good, man. Um, It was a very
1: somber Super Bowl for me. I didn't really enjoy the game. Really? um, Yeah, didn't really enjoy it. Um, Turned it off as soon as the Chiefs won, because I had no desire (laughs) to watch them celebrate. And... Kind of was, you know, we'll get to it in the call in a little bit here, but like kind of disdain towards the NFL. Um, Just didn't like what was presented throughout the entire Super Bowl from ads to halftime show definitely to some of the gameplay. Like I think it was definitely a good scoring football game. But, you know, one of my big takes today is going to be the conversation about defense And, you know, we've had some comments from the Eagles about the field play. And like, I will definitely touch on that throughout the episode tonight and kind of how I feel like it, uh, resonates with my perception of this game, but, uh, I'm happy for baseball season to be here. I love what's been going on in the NBA lately. Like it kind of got me excited for basketball season as well, but definitely happy to have the season in the NFL over. And I think this is one (laughs) of the first times I've said that.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. We will dive deep more, definitely into the game, definitely into Mahomes, Hurts, you know, the big ticket clickable stuff, but definitely dive into what's next for the NFL and what was this season? You know, I definitely think at the end of the day, we did see the two best teams in the Super Bowl. I think I can definitely, definitively say that this year, these are the best teams from each conference. Um... I think we can definitively, (laughs) Jesus, I can't talk, definitively say Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, which we've been saying on the pod all year, but it's not a debate anymore. And I think we can also say that Andy Reid is a first ballot Hall of Fame coach. He has been massively underrated for his entire career, and all he needed was someone like Mahomes to come in and change his entire perspective. And then lastly, I think just for the clickable, obvious things is jalen hurts is a guy i thought he was the best player on the field you and i were texting throughout the game he looked like the most explosive player plus the best quarterback for two and a half quarters um in the entire game and i was wildly impressed with him the eagles have a guy he didn't play well because he has elite receivers he played well because he's actually a you know top 10 Borderline top five five guy in the league.
1: Yeah, I was incredibly impressed by Hertz, and I texted you that. And the, kind of after I got home, getting food because I, of course, left the house, you know, midway through the first uh, half to get food when Hertz fumbled. Um, but I texted you; I said he's the best player in the football on the field, football player. That is like I, I don't think he's a better quarterback than Mahomes. When I yeah. texted you that, I just thought to myself, his ability to be a football player. It's better than everybody else out there, and some of his throws, like especially the one to Goddard, if you as the listener and even you, Matt, right, can, can remember that one, I didn't love it because he doesn't have the most zip on the ball, doesn't have the greatest arm strength. As we saw as the game ended, when he only threw the ball like forty <laughs> yards, and I was like, "Holy <laughs> That's pretty shit!" Bad. Yeah. Um, but the dude is a football player, and he's absolutely the quarterback for the Eagles for the future. You know, we talked to contracts last month. I'm not going to get into that, but like, he's the guy. I, I think the Eagles lost this game because they were not aggressive enough with their offense or their defensive line. They did not bring the type of pressure I expected them to bring, and it cost them a Super Bowl. And whether it because it was because you know the turf was terrible and they couldn't get traction, or they co- they kept sliding on edge rushes, which we've seen a lot online right now with Hassan Reddick, you know, just completely losing his fi- his footing. Doesn't matter. They played essentially a version of prevent nickel defense almost the entire game. And it was disgusting to watch. 35 (laughs) points they put up on offense, and they did not win that game. The only person that can be blamed is the coach and the defensive coordinator. Whatever they chose to do was wrong. And it allowed Mahomes with no receivers and a Hall of Fame tight end to win that game. And it's completely despicable. And I feel awful for Jalen Hurts and, you know, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and Miles Saunders and Jason Kelsey. They played great football in offense and their defense completely let them down. And it wasn't even because of like poor play, poor coaching. Only thing I can highlight. Um and that was my fear. That's what I said last week, right? I think the Eagles blow them out. Eagles would have blown them out if they did the right thing. But Andy Reid as a Hall of Fame coach coached against his opponent and won. Like, yeah. Why do you hire a veteran coach? Because they're probably better than the guy across from them being forty <laughs> years old. Christ. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um that four man that four man rush for Philly got home all year. Obviously got home against San Francisco's tenth string quarterback and they couldn't get home. Zero sacks. Yep. And that's I agree with you. That was the key. Mahomes didn't have to put too much pressure on that ankle. The one time he did trying to roll out on third and 15, he re-injured it before the half. Um, Obviously he played out of his mind. He's incredibly talented, but you mentioned Jalen Hurts. And I think this is the first thing I want to talk about before we, I mean, we'll kind of go through the game as we talk about this, but you said Hurts is the best football player in the game, in that game specifically. And I think this is a trend In the right direction for the NFL. We're going to, that's going to be the topic of the episode today is what's next for the NFL. And I think guys like Jalen Hurts are the answer. We want a guy that can sneak on third and one, who can escape the pocket and run for 35 yards, but can also throw a 35 yard dime from the opposite hash mark on third and 14 to their tight end. And I think this is a trend we're going to kind of weed out the. Pocket QB, the for lack of a better way of saying it, the prototypical white guy at quarterback, you know, and the guy that's just going to sit in there and hang tough and take hits that's not winning you games anymore. Even my boy that I love, Joey Burrow, like he's still limited. He loses that game to the Eagles because he doesn't have the mobility of Mahomes on half an ankle. And I think we're going to see a transition and we're seeing it this year in the draft series, once we get to it with guys like Richardson from Florida, the guy you love will Levitt, Right. And then CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Bryce Young, a little bit more of a pocket QB, right? Like, is that going to hurt him? I think this transition into the football player at quarterback that can now throw the ball extremely accurate is going to be something that we need to monitor. And I think a positive thing for the league. What about you? Yeah, well, and I
1: think this is incredibly interesting that you bring this up because the narrative around the Super Bowl was that the NFL wanted the next Tom Brady, right? Patrick Mahomes, Correct. Andy Reid, they want the dynasty right. effect. They want the marketability.
0: needed the Chiefs to win. Yeah, yes. blah, blah, blah.
1: They need the Roman Empire to re-rise up after Brady's retirement. And I get, I get the narrative. I understand where people are coming from. I get the conspiracy behind that. But that's not the football I want to watch. And if that's where the NFL is headed over the next 10 years, I will tell you this right now, I'm out. I'm done. I'm not doing that. I'm I'm over it because it's not real football. The Eagles are a real football team and that, and Patrick Mahomes, love him, great quarterback, you know, generational talent, might be one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I'm cool watching that. But if we are going to continue this pocket passing bullshit that the NFL has been forever since the passing game started, I'm out on it. It's time to bring in the guys like Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. Now, I'm even going to throw Tim Tebow's name out there. Now, Tim Tebow should not have been a, a starting quarterback. He should have been a gadget quarterback. But Tim Tebow also fits in line with the best football player on the field as your quarterback, right? And we need more guys with the ability of Jalen Hurts and the ability of Lamar Jackson to showcase the NFL that this is no longer a quarterback league. It's a football team league. Because the truth is, as we've seen with Lamar, there is a timetable on that kind of a career, right? RG3 showed us that point blank. He had one year in him. And we talked a lot about that with Brock Purdy. Why do we continue to give these guys $50 million? It's because the league has trended that way, that the quarterback's got to be a guy that's healthy and wins you Super Bowls. When in reality, Jalen Hurts just went out there on a rookie deal and gave one of the best games of his life as he lost in the Super Bowl. Dan yeah. Brock Purdy, all season long since he started, showcase that a guy in a rookie deal can be a very good quarterback that does what the team needs him to do. I think it's time for the era of Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady to die. and It's the era where we start to see football players at the quarterback position, whether it's four years, eight years, 12 years, 18 years, be a guy that just does everything that the team needs him to do and presumably runs the ball when he needs to run the ball without fear of injury. Because that's his role. That's his job is to be the best player on the field and to do what's necessary for the team. That kind of product, that kind of football, I'm absolutely in on. And if we can build the NFL around that prototype, I will absolutely be excited for the next decade.
0: Yeah. And that's why everyone is looking for the next Josh Allen, right? Because he was the best, quote unquote, football player coming out that year that could throw but wasn't accurate. Dayball found a way to make him more accurate, right? Teach him how to be that guy. Look at Danny Jones this year in New York with Dayball, right? He's a football player. That's a quarterback. Now... You get guys like Kyler Murray, you know, who's just a freak athlete, just happens to be a little too short. Russ Wilson was similar back when he was in Seattle in his prime. But we are seeing a transition out of this prototypical quote unquote pocket passing Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, you know, because Mahomes isn't Rodgers. He does some of those things. And even if you look at the tape from prime Aaron Rodgers, he was running around, chucking the ball off one foot, didn't have a, d- a great offensive line, you know. You saw flashes of it from him, but now the defensive lines and the schemes, frankly, are just too good for guys to sit in the pocket all day and just sit back there and pick people apart like Brady did. And I think that's also, outside of his age, a big reason he's over it and retired.
1: Yeah, I... I think you're spot on with that, but I also think the interesting part of all of this narrative conversation we're having is what does the NFL want? Because the NFL chooses to change their rules also based on the product that they want to see on the True. Play. Right. We talked about, you know, calls over the last couple, I'd say over this year, but over the last five years, dating all the way back to the Saints and the Rams game and even before that, the NFL levied their change in the PI rule where it basically was, you know, you, you breathe in the wide receiver, it's a penalty. And that was to heighten the ability of this entertainment from the passing game. And how like, how are we really going to see the change in effect as we see more CJ Shrouds and Jalen Hurts? Like, is hitting a quarterback who's mobile gonna be a play that's impl- or a call that's implemented into the into the game? It'll be interesting to see which direction the NFL wants to go. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate, last thing I'll say, that you have a league that has so much tyranny in it to dictate the type (laughs) of roster construction and the way that your roster construction can be successful.
0: Yeah. Um, Last thing, and then we'll move on to the game a little bit more, is the rule that they're thinking about and discussing that I saw on Twitter is the, they call it a drop-hit-hip tackle, and it's a tackle similar, well, the tackle that happens all the time that happened to Tony Pollard in the uh, divisional round game saying that they're going to try and ban that hit from the NFL. And that's going to be a new penalty, which to your point of tyranny, what are the guys supposed to do? He's just yep. going to let Pollard keep running, try and trip them up and not wrap them up. At that point, to your point, it's almost not even football. And we already have the rules where we're at and this will transition us to the next part, is just kind of breaking down the game and going through it. Matt, (laughs) there was over 70 points in this game, right? If you just go through the first half alone, the Eagles went touchdown, Chiefs touchdown. We go punt, missed field goal, which point opportunity. Five plays, touchdown, punt. Hurts fumbles for a touchdown. They come back, 12 plays, 75 yards, uh, touchdown. Chiefs punt and then field goal 24 14 at halftime which will be my first pause two things in the first half that I thought a Kansas City blew their shot at the game by missing that field goal but then right then it turned around and Hertz fumbles that ball to your point. you went to go get food real quick. Hertz makes a boneheaded play, tries to scramble. It looked like he just lost the handle of the ball. I've seen screenshots on Twitter of him getting hit in the face mask, so on and so forth. But unfortunately, he fumbled the game away because he doesn't give up those seven points. They probably go down, score, hypothetically stop Kansas City one more time and either get a field goal or a touchdown on that next, possession which would at minimum put them 24 to 7 huge change of possession or change of momentum in the game instead kansas city's only down 10 mahomes is hurt but i tweeted it at halftime i get that philadelphia looks great they've been dominant but it's only 10 it's just 10 points and it proved to not be enough
1: well it proved not to be enough but Also, kind of circling back around here to the choice the defense made in the first half half, and the success that they saw, I think, led to the second half game plan as well. And it cost them the Super Bowl. You know, like 10 points with the Chiefs getting the ball to start the second half, pressure should have been on. Ankles dinged up. He's hurt, right? You saw it coming out of the first half. Should have had five, six in the box. Send it. Send the house at that point he wants to continue to have, you know, successful completion, so be it. But make sure every time he drops back, he's got three seconds max. And and continue to ding him up, continue to drag him to the ground. They chose not to do that. And he went down with time and had an incredible second half. I think they scored on every possession in the second half. Is that right? They did. Yes. Yep. It's un- unacceptable. Like, what is, like, Jalen Hurts has one mistake. Usually a quarterback in the Super Bowl has at least one, if not multiple mistakes. You know, Pat had a very good game, but Pat had all the time in the world. And the Eagles, from we talked about this last week, had the better defensive personnel unit coming into this game. They didn't use it in the second half. And again, I don't know if it's because of the field or if it's just because of the play calling that they wanted to draw, but the fact that Pat was able to dictate that game with the players he had is just incredible. And... I think ultimately 35 points from the Eagles offense is more than what I expected, more than you really could have asked for. And looking at the way that that first half ended, I I felt very, very good about what the Eagles were going to do, even with the chiefs getting the ball back, presumably going to score because again, you've got a 10 point lead after the second half, first drive, you've got a three point lead. They haven't stopped you all game because they can't stop you all game. You know, meaning the chiefs defense to the Eagles offense, and they really didn't stop him much in the second half either um I don't think you know I don't think I would have called the game the same way the Eagles offensive coordinators were calling that game but I really think this all goes back to Andy Reid I think this goes back to the ability of Patrick Mahomes to just make plays to have time um and ultimately Andy is proven to be the better coach yet again and I'll tell you this I said to texted brooke right there's a game started when fox was showing um nick crying it's like first off that's fucked up shouldn't do that you know he's having an emotional <laughs> moment to himself he's living out a childhood dream and you're showcasing him as the next meme for the next year god suck fox um i knew then they all, they were gonna lose like he, he's caught up you know like i was like fuck was yeah. lose this game because this dude is not ready for this moment he's not ready for this moment and yeah. um Yeah,
0: I don't know if he wasn't ready for the moment. I don't necessarily know if I agree with that, but to the Andy Reid point, I think he might have just overlooked some of the details. You know, where I think Andy saw small things from the Philadelphia defense that he could manipulate in the red zone specifically. They had two walk-in touchdowns on... It seemed like pretty basic play calls. Um, And it seemed that Philadelphia just stuck to their game plan, which was a great game plan, to your point. 35 points. You said, last week when we were recording, all fucking Super Bowl week with the hype, you say Philly scores 35. They win by 10, right? They win by 15 probably because their defense is so good. And you're right. The Philadelphia defense lost them this game. And you're right again. They should have came out and blitzed Mahomes. You go man-to-man across the board. You have two fantastic cornerbacks, solid safeties. You figure out something with Kelsey, and you bring five every time and force Mahomes to get that ball out quick. I think they had 56 receiving yards from the receivers all game, Kansas City. I had massive amounts of money to be one on MVS. Matt, do you know how many catches he had? One. Zero. Mm. fucking zero zero yep. and they won the game yeah it's just you're right it, it is coaching and mahomes obviously but coaching has a bigger part to do with that in special teams well and you have jordan it,
1: davis you have graham you have that incredible defensive line and sue and pachanko just whooped their ass yeah and I'm really salty about this game because I was very hell-bent on Eagles by 12, and, like,
0: they should we eased. talked about this, too, with the Packer game. Love tore them up. We ran all over them. They got a yeah. free touchdown lead, and they just... That defense got soft. And it, it's like,
1: how does that gotta happen? It's got to be the play calling. That's the only thing. Like yeah. They had the this there. game in the bag. Like, this was an Eagles Super Bowl. Like, I can't even imagine if I were an Eagles fan. I would oh, be absolutely irate because they were the better team sure Mahomes is the better quarterback I'm not gonna argue that and he reads the better head coach I'm not gonna argue that the Eagles were the better team and they literally just didn't fucking try like not the players the coaches like they didn't they didn't try I I would be literally murdering the defensive coordinator (laughs) if I were the owner of this team he'd be dead yeah I I'm so upset for their fan base I'm upset for the game that I watched like this is a bad Super Bowl because one team chose not to call the right plays in the second half at all. Just yeah. fucked everything up. Yep. And um, and what did I tell you? Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just saying, what did I
0: tell Yeah. And what did I tell you when I was like, I'm taking the Chiefs? I said, I think Hertz makes one mistake, maybe two. And then I said, this game is going to be close at the end. And if this game is close at the end, Philly has no chance. And this is what happened in the second half. You brought up the first drive. Um, Casey goes down. 10 plays, 75-yard touchdown. This is key here. Next drive, Philly, 17 plays, 60 yards, 7 minutes and 45 seconds. Field goal. Field goal. Huge. And then Casey comes back, 9 plays, 75, touchdown. And then, in my opinion, say what you want about the hold. Say what you want about the hold, and we will get there. This was the biggest play to me. Kadarius Toney, longest punt return in Super Bowl effing history to your point of the coaching and to be irate today as an Eagles fan. You cannot let that happen. All they had to do, Faye, as in the Kansas City Chiefs, was get five yards for a touchdown to go up 35-27. And when they did that, you knew it was over. What do you think about that? Um
1: you've helped them so far pretty much in check on offense. Like, yeah, they've had they've had a couple drives uh that were impressive, but special teams you had to win. And, and I, I understood the field goal being kicked, like the kind of sputtered there at the end. Yep. Um when they kicked it and Tony ran it back. My thought was how are you even allowing someone like this to have an impact in the in the game? It wasn't like kick it out of bounds. But kick out of bounds, like force Mahomes to continue to defy you, force Mahomes to show you that your defense isn't working. And I mean, he, dude, he, he changed the entire complexion of this game. Like that, when he did that, my first thought was, damn, everything that we thought he could do, he, he did not do this season. He did in one play. Yeah. And one singular play, his impact in one play made up for all of the expectations that he hadn't met. And also. To change the momentum, I think too, from that coaching from the sideline, um, it put more emphasis on we have to be perfect. We have we cannot change our game plan at all now. Um, but again, personnel opportunity. He he took advantage of the opportunity. You know, special teams broke down. Like, what are you really going to say in that moment? And then Hurts led them back to tie the game. Like, <laughs> right? What what more can before, you ask before from we jailing? get to the
0: before we get to the very end here, I, I I do want to touch on your Tony comment because I think what you said is right. And for a guy that I don't remember, I think I just picked him up. I don't think I traded for him in fantasy this year, but I picked him up as my quote unquote league winner. Like I was like, this fucking guy is going to win me fantasy this year, hundred percent. And then they play that Sunday night game. I think it was against the Chargers and MVS was out. Juju was out. Someone else was out, and it was going to be Tony's game. Remember this? hmm And he got hurt immediately. Like, seven plays in. I put bets on him. I obviously started him in fantasy. And it was like, this is who Tony is. He's a letdown, right? He's never going to be ready for the team when they need him the most. This was his day to shine. They gave up a second and a fifth for him, right? Which is kind of a lot for a guy that hadn't proven anything. You hit the nail on the head. He shattered all the haters and honestly all of his expectations on that one play. As the ball was getting kicked to him, I was thinking in my head, why did they trade for Kadarius Tony? Like he hasn't done anything for this team. Boom, 60 yards later, they're on the five yard line. He pretty much, I don't want to say he won the Super Bowl for them, but he's a massive reason. You cannot tell the story of this game without mentioning that punt return. Because that changed everything, and that put Philly completely on their heels. They were like, I think that was the first moment they realized they might lose the game.
1: Yeah, no, most definitely. Um, And it was an aspect of the game that, you know, special teams is huge, and we've seen it as Packer fans through the years, be bigger than (laughs) it really is presented in the NFL these days. And outright won the Chiefs this category. Right, like special teams goes to the Chiefs, and you give Patrick Mahomes a checkmark in offense, defense, and special teams. He got these special
0: teams, and I'm honestly yeah.
1: going to give offense to the Eagles. Checkmark. Yeah, right? I like. I,
0: well, I mean, you look at every statistical category; it was won by the Eagles. And the, the Eagles. last thing with the Tony thing, till we get we can get to the stats and the holding call right now. But I want to make a point here and get and get your thoughts on this because. Uh, shit, what month? It's February. Uh, come November-ish next year, Thanksgiving time next year, there's going to be who's getting traded, who's picking up the Odell Beckham Jr. And we've looked two years in a row now that midseason acquisitions have had a massive impact on the Super Bowl champions and teams that have been very close to competing for the Super Bowl. And more often than not, if your team is in a position to win now as in the season that we're playing going out and making one possibly two additions to your team change everything for the better for example last year it was odell beckham jr right and von miller as packer fans we were like "Mm, i don't know he's a little upset in cleveland but the rumor was he was coming to green bay ends up going to the rams has a massive impact on that team. Wins a couple games for them down the stretch and probably would have won Super Bowl MVP if he didn't tear his ACL in the second quarter. You go to this year. Obviously, the big one is CMC for San Francisco. Purdy doesn't get hurt. You never know what happens there. But you even look at the the Eagles. They get Hassan Reddick. Well, actually, he was a preseason acquisition. But you get guys like Indomitian Sue in the middle. And then, to my point here, is Tony. They gave up kind of a lot for him, but they saw, hey, this guy could have an impact in a big moment. Now, I thought that was going to be on Sunday Night Football as the number one receiver. But actually, what he is, is a great gadget guy and a really, really good punt returner.
1: Yeah. And he, I mean, he still has the ability to be the guy he was in New York as a rookie 10 receptions, 100 yards, you know, XYZ. He can be the playmaker. I, I don't think he can't be that guy. But I think what we've seen with the release. Not the release, but the trade of Tyreek Hill is that Mahomes and why I texted you, he's Rogers 2.0 is because in his prime right now, he doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter who's on the football right. field. It doesn't matter. He's not eyeing in on Tony like he was eyeing in on Tyreek. You know, and I, I think a lot of the things with Tyreek was more play calling and scheme. Like, hey, the play call is to get Tyreek streaking an open field. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the play call. We're going to, everything else is designed to open him up. Okay, I'm taking the shot, right? That's the play that we are running. Yeah. I don't think they've executed the same kind of plays for Tony as they've executed for Kelsey this season. Right? It's to get Kelsey open, and the checkdown is Juju. Side note, Juju Smith, your career's over. You will now always be outside the top <laughs> You're forty such wide receiver. A
0: hater, hate You're your such guts. Hater.
1: He sucks. He's uh, garbage. He he's a poor. He he is a poor man's version of Alan Lazard because he can't even block totally efficiently. He's a decent blocker, but he's not an elite blocker. Yeah. He's a check down option. That's all he's, he's got a better th-
0: hands than Lazard, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree opinion. with that. But he's a number three wide receiver the rest of his career. Like I agree. Fifty million dollars. Antonio Brown window.
0: got him all his money for as much shit as he wants to talk on A B. To your point, though, about um Tyreek Hill and how the offense changed probably for the better, is obvious reason number one is that it let Mahomes play quarterback and it was all on him. And it kind of goes to what you see, I, 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 I think of this more in the NBA, right? When you get these super teams, a la the Brooklyn Nets. Now, don't have anybody, Matt. I don't know if you paid attention to that. But guy. your favorite players in the league now don't play for Brooklyn anymore. Anyways, um, it reminds me of the NBA in the fact that when there's too many mouths to feed, it becomes a problem. Because then you start, to your point, this plays for Tyreek, Right. This call, this play is for KD, or we need to get hard in a shot up here, or we need to make sure Kyrie's still getting the ball. And what ends up happening is you're too focused on feeding these mouths and you're not just playing the game. And now what Casey was allowed to do this year, or more or less Mahomes and Andy Reid were allowed to do was, hey, this is the play. Let's go out and run it. And it's something you and I have been begging for out of Rodgers and Green Bay It's just go play the game. What are you going to look like without Devontae? Are you going to be able to make the reads, make the right decision, and make the right throw this year? (sighs) We don't know. But what we saw from Mahomes was, hey, draw it up. I'll read the defense, and I'm going to deliver. And that's what I think is really impressive about his whole season and obviously the performance this past weekend.
1: Well, and I think with the conversation we're going to have to have this offseason is pairings. Um, Because Jalen Smith... And you know AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts, a hell of a game, great game. Are they? Are any of those as good of a combination as Mahomes and Kelsey? No, no. Um, I don't know if there is a better combination in the NFL right now. I mean, to interrupt
0: you, like we're those guys are talking. They're now in a conversation with Montana and Rice. Like that's what we're talking about with Mahomes and Kelsey. Kelsey is second in yards receptions and touchdowns in the postseason to jerry rice yeah. like that's where we're at with these guys as far as greatness is concerned but continue sorry well
1: and what's what's crazy about the mahomes legacy here is we're gonna watch two different careers like we do with rogers i don't think the same can be said with peyton um kind of because he had marvin harrison and then he led into the like
0: you know tyree wayne era. yeah um yeah, Reggie Wayne. Reggie
1: Wayne. Reggie Wayne was like at the yeah Harrison coming out. Yeah, Wayne
0: and Clark. You know, like uh, yeah, was
1: there tight end? Was it Dwight? Was
0: it Dwight Clark? Yeah, Dallas I remember Clark. His first Clark, name Clark, Dallas like that. Clark. That, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um, but I guess the point I'm trying to make here is we're going to see a different Mahomes when Kelsey's gone. Like Kelsey's probably got one prime year left, and I would say it's the last. I'd give
0: him two to three. Yeah,
1: but I'm talking prime year. We even saw this year as like, okay, he's getting older. You know, not not negatively, but he's getting older. Next year mm-hmm. might be the end of his prime, and then we're going to see a couple of years of of Kelsey. I mean, dude, he's going to be thirty three years old in twenty twenty four. That's old.
0: That's true. That's For NFL old.
1: Yeah. Tony Gonzalez slowed down. There's no way that Kelsey's not already slowing down, especially with his play style because he's not a burner. You know, he's a physical possession sure. tight end. Um. But I guess my point is like you have to have a guy. You know, Brady had a guy throughout his years. Mahomes, uh, excuse me, Manning had a guy. Rogers had a guy. Like these guys always have a guy. And I don't know that we had a guy on Philadelphia. We had a couple guys, but was there a guy? And is Jalen able to execute those play calls like Mahomes, Rogers, Manning, Brady were, right? Like some great deep down the field throws. Smith made some incredible yeah. catches or almost catches. Brown had a couple really nice catches and then had a really nice catch. Um, Dallas Goddard wasn't the guy. I guess my point from all of this is it's easier to to focal your offense around the tight end than it is the wide receiver, okay. unless you have a Tyreek Hill or a Devontae Adams.
0: We'll see, Matt. I don't know. And I mean, you put Brown in your top five, which I th- honestly don't disagree with. I think to answer your... Question: I think it's the second question you ask is like, is it hurts ability to work with quote unquote the guy. And I think next year is a really, really big stepping stone for that because yeah. Kelsey and Mahomes were great off the bat. But once again, Mahomes, Mahomes is going to go down top five all time, right? Like let's, let's be real. I, I don't think that's a hot take, um, especially with how his career started, but with even Rodgers in Devonte Adams, right? Like that stuff took time. And I know Brown is a little more established than Devontae coming into Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts is still getting established. This is only his first full year starting and they got to the freaking Super Bowl. You know, I think one offseason, a little heartbreak here and a little hard work, which I don't think anyone can question if Jalen Hurts works hard. Um, We could see, I think Brown is that guy. And then Devontae Smith, bro, talk about having a debate remember last week you're like man i don't know about smith and that like he's a legit wide receiver too you know he's the best receiver on a shitty team shirt but he he's in the convo right like i got him over my guy t higgins for sure oh it's not it's not even close it's not even close He's nasty yeah for his body type and size i didn't know how he'd hold up in the nfl but There's a reason that kid won the Heisman Trophy. He's freaking nice. Um, So anyways, to wrap this up before we get to the end of the game and the big conversation is, I think it's Hurts and A.J. Brown. I think Hurts has his guy, but Hurts is maturing into a better quarterback. And I think this, I really think the Super Bowl performance, just to touch on Jalen here for a second, is going to transcend him into the upper echelon of quarterbacks in the NFL. I really do because... I thought it was all on him. And coming out of the game, my two gigantic takeaways were Mahomes is probably going to be the best quarterback of all time when it's all said and done, just the way that he's been going. And number two was that Jalen Hurts is a really good quarterback. I have no doubts about him starting in the league for the next five to 10 years. No doubts.
1: Okay. So I have two crazy things to throw at you. We're not going to talk okay. about them today because they are deep thought driving okay, concepts. Okay. First being, Travis Kelsey is one of one in the NFL at his position, and it's not even close, right? With Mahomes or without Mahomes, he's the best. Sure, Tyreek Hill, J. Jeff, Devontae Adams are your list. I think what this game showed me is that it's either J. Jeff or Tyreek Hill. That could have a similar impact to the impact that Kelsey had. To me, Devontae Adams doesn't have the same impact because he's not the same dynamic player that J. Jeff and Tyreek Hill are, right? But I think what you saw in this game with my rankings is that a top five wide receiver doesn't have the same impact as the number one, one of one tight end. That was kind of where I'm coming from because of what Kelsey was able to do in the middle of the field, the way that they were able to dissect this defense at times with Kelsey was only obtainable with Justin Jefferson or Tyreek Hill. Number five for me is AJ Brown and he had a nice game. That didn't have the same impact. He's not Terrell Owens out there in the Super Bowl against the Patriots on one leg dominating, right? Also, Jalen was able to spread the ball around because he had a lot of really nice weapons. He had Goddard. He had Smith, right? He has Brown. He's got three guys he can rely on. He's got a couple of running backs he could throw the ball to. But the big thing here was we saw you one of one in this game at two different positions for the Chiefs. Quarterback, tight end. Can't say the same thing about the Eagles. They have two top fives. Quarterback, wide receiver. But the one of ones got this done. And secondly, here, kind of springboarding this to your last comment, I do agree with you. I think Patrick Mahomes will go down as the greatest of all time. I do not think he wins six or seven Super Bowls to beat Brady. And how ironic is it that we have the same conversation in the NFL with LeBron James <laughs> not yeah. having the same titles as Michael Jordan? And that being always the argument people use well he doesn't have the same titles he's not the best scorer oh excuse me LeBron James is the best scorer now and how that's changing the narrative of people around the league like oh well I guess he can be the best player without the championship so just a piece that I think we will talk about the next 10 years with Patrick Mahomes because I just don't think six Super Bowls is obtainable anymore I think what Brady did Is what or excuse me seven? Is what Jordan did? It's almost impossible, and you shouldn't gauge a team sport individual player off their championships. Um, Yeah,
0: what a great people. People are taking the body of work into consideration now for LeBron. Yeah, you know, like and 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 B to that is younger people are growing up that grew up with LeBron and making this more loud right? And you're seeing more of those personalities on TV, people in their mid-30s, right? That are like, hey, LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan because X, Y, and Z. And if we really wanted to get into it, he probably was a better basketball player, is a better basketball player than Jordan, right?
1: Well, and for me, it's the slander that he's gotten from guys like Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. It was Pierce coming out with KG and being like, Yo, I got I got to say this, right? Like that was a great interview where KG's like, hmm, you know, like KG fucking hates LeBron James, I think more than anybody <laughs> in the does. world. And he's the biggest he fucking pussy for it because he <laughs> whooped his ass. Sorry, KG, you're not in the top 10 all time, bro. You just ain't. You're garbage. And well, it's not garbage. It's not garbage, but, easy, but in comparison to Le- LeBron James, you're garbage. Like that's how I I'm mean, comparing him. Like, sorry, KG. I feel you. I feel you're you're you. KG's like you a, a, a top goat.
0: three power forward of all time. But yeah, but he ain't, Le- he ain't um, LeBron
1: James. You know, and and having yeah. Paul Pierce say that, I saw it in KG's eyes. He was like, "Damn, he's not I wrong." Know, I don't know how much more of an argument I can have because it's the guys that saw Jordan and played with LeBron. And even the guys above that—that that were the Jordan lovers, right? It was his era guys that can now step to the podium and say, you know, LeBron's better. We got the privilege of seeing Brady and Mahomes in our lifetime. I didn't get the privilege to see Jordan in his prime. I didn't. So, like, yeah, we were too you know, young. I, I have to rely on everybody else to like bang his argument for me. I know my my LeBron argument. We are going to get to say in 20 years who is better as it stands right now. Better quarterback. They didn't even close. It's Patrick Mahomes ability wise. But to have, be that leader that Brady was to have seven rings, there's still a little bit of a ways to go for me, at least.
0: Oh, um, there's a, I think there's a lot more way to go. Personally, I do like I mean, if you were to put a gun to my head and be like, who do you want to throw this pass? I'm taking Rogers over Brady like in their prime in their best yeah, years no of throwing the ball and being a quarterback it's not close I'm no, no sure question. people felt the same way about Dan Reno in comparison to guys like Joe Montana right yeah. but at the end of the day you're right like that is also and that's the argument for Jordan is like it's in the no always beating him and no one did beat him when it mattered the most you know mm-hmm. and getting out of this basketball conversation but back to what you were saying about Mahomes probably going down as the best of all time and me saying like I'm really taking this body of work back into consideration. I think what I've now done as well, and what I'm going to take into basketball conversations, baseball is a little different, but definitely for basketball and football, Matt is like, I'm done punishing guys for losing in the playoffs, including my own quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, in losing in NFC championships games, championship games. Excuse me. Well, I will take that defeat. Reason they lost and things like that into consideration for debate and argument and rankings. I'm also going to stop punishing people as much because you look at Mahomes's start, he's five for five AFC championship games to start his career, two for three in Super Bowls. I'd be an asshole to judge him for losing those three or, sorry, those two other AFC championship games and the other Super Bowl. And saying that that's a reason he's not as good as insert quarterback. You know, like, you know how many other guys didn't make it to the Super Bowl that year or to the AFC Championship game? Pretty much everyone else, you know? And I think, (sighs) me personally, and this is, I think, a problem with technology and different things like that. And me, like, I I get so salty about some of these things is that just because you lost the AFC Champ game or for us poor Green Bay Packer fans, you lost the NFC Championship game year after year after year. I don't think that can be the ultimate deciding factor in legacy conversations. Okay,
1: I'm going to disagree with you. I think it is team by team, year by year. And I bring that up because of Donovan McNabb. When I look at the numbers, because I don't want to speak out of my ass here, but Donovan McNabb (laughs) was just not a good enough quarterback to push the Eagles over the top flat out wasn't. He's the reason they lost to the Patriots. It wasn't Andy Reid. They lost sorry, go ahead. But but it wasn't Andy Reid back then, you know. I, mean, I we, and I want to look at this this offseason. We can make this an episode. When you look at LeBron, teams formed to beat him, right? And I and that's one of the things I will always say about LeBron to defend him like his His basketball losses are almost wins in a lot of ways because teams literally were created to destroy a god in the the sport. Um, You know, Tom Brady's seven championships are very much so team championships. His best team he lost in the Super Bowl with, and it was the best team by far. Um, So I agree with you. I'm going to stop defining guys by their losses, but I'm absolutely going to look at the losses in careers and say, are you defined by it? I think there are individual players that can be defined by their mm. losses. To me, Donovan McNabb is the perfect presentation of that. And I, I wanted to well, look What about at Aaron? Um, Aaron is a very good showcase of that case. as well. He's a unique Yes, we would have to like, I think we need to get past his career to look back. We're too emotionally attached. I would have really enjoyed <laughs> well, watching that. Aaron as
0: like a Bill's Switch. At your age now? Well, no, no, no. I think this too. I think at where we are in our point in life, at our point in time in life now, if we were this age ten years ago, we would have enjoyed it more. Because I'm telling, oh, I enjoyed uh, it. One, at it, I, I did, but I didn't. Like it hurt more, you know. Whereas now, I don't know. It's different because, for example, if I'm a Bills fan, if I'm a Bengals fan, if I'm a Chiefs fan, like enjoy this. Because now, like, I, I'm sitting here with regret that I feel like I was more mad than happy a lot of the times with the Packers after we won the Super Bowl. And when there was like this enormous amount of expectations, and we're getting off topic here more, I am. But like, I don't know. And that's me personally. Like, I would just be so if we didn't win the Super Bowl, it was a failure. When in all reality, I watched great football for 10 years. If you really look back at it,
1: so I'm gonna and that's tell something to be happy about. Because I've never told it on the on the show, and it's something that like resonates with me now. I, when we won the Super Bowl, I was at a good friend's house party, uh, an adult house party, and I was nineteen. And at the end of yeah. the game, everyone is jumping up and down and cheering, and I'm sitting there unhappy. <laughs> and I'm unhappy because we didn't win that game. You're psychotic, Aaron Rodgers. Well, and I was analyzing, and I'm psych. I'm a psycho. We didn't win that game as the Aaron Rodgers football team. We won that game as a football team, and I wanted Aaron Rodgers to come out and absolutely whoop the pants off the Pittsburgh Steelers. Literally, just put them in their grave and piss on them. And we didn't. And I was like, "Damn!" Like, I don't know if I'll ever see an Aaron Rodgers game that I wanted. You know, like that was my moment. I was like, "This, this, this isn't what I wanted." Like, great, we won! Yay, Packers win the Super Bowl. I realized, I think in that moment, I'm a team-driven person, or I'm a player-driven person. I want to see players absolutely dominate another team, players dominate another team. And we watched Aaron Rodgers in the regular season dominate people. It's been built into me since I was a child to watch individual players, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Barry Bonds, dominate people. And... That's not what sports team that's not what sports is about. It's a team game, right? We saw Giannis yeah. dominate the Phoenix Suns in game six. Absolutely beat them into the ground and win a championship. Sure did. And I think the reason you're so disappointed by the Packers' losses is because you had so much hope that Aaron Rodgers would carry his team, much like I did in that Super Bowl. Now we won it. But Aaron Rodgers has let us down time after time after time because he is better than what he has shown. And when we, when we look back, when his career is over, and we give it a year or two, and we really look back on his career, we're going to just applaud him at what he did. But there are also sure. reasons. Coaching, personnel, everything when you look at these teams. You know, you date back to the Jordy Nelson days. It was because of the defense. It's because of Mike McCarthy, right? It started in Seattle. That was the start of the end for everything that Aaron Rodgers was, from personnel to coaching, mm-hmm. everything. 49ers game a couple of years ago, coaching rogers inability to deliver weather and i think we have to remember that when we really analyze these careers is what were the variables in play the excuses i make for lebron i'm telling you right now i'm going to make similar excuses for aaron rogers and um it's really hard in the moment not to not to look at things and, and also see the perspective of, of one or two plays or a coaching decision. Tony's you know run back and then you have the play at the end, which I don't even know that we need to talk about anymore, but it changed the conversational legacy, changed the conversation in the favor of you know Tom Brady, or excuse me, of Patrick Mahomes and what he's about to accomplish here over the next decade. And it doesn't change the conversation for Jalen, but we talked about that last episode.
0: So I think that's actually a perfect segue, Matt, into the end of the game right so we went through everything here in our own way kind of all over the place but we get down to the end right the Eagles score get a two-point conversion we're 35 35 the last drive of the game ends up being 12 plays 68 yards or sorry 66 yards uh, five minutes of time right what everyone wants to talk about and what we'll talk about here is the flag on Bradbury now I don't know I watch a lot of football, Matt. We watch a lot of football. We talk this podcast pretty much all football. It's a penalty. Now, do I agree with the call? Sure, it's a penalty. In the moment, yeah, it sucks. I don't want them to call this penalty. Of course not. Any fan doesn't want them to call the penalty. I think the only thing that is more upsetting about it is that they didn't call penalties all game. So why now? Which goes into the, oh, it's scripted and... I think that's all bullshit. But if you remember Matt last year on third down in the Super Bowl, the Rams got a favorable call, the same exact one. And it was a hold and they just decided to call it, you know, and that's just the nature of the game in. You said at the beginning in the open, I'm disappointed with the league. And that's kind of, that's going to be the title. I think is what's next for the NFL. And, Part of the disappointment is you put us through this two and a half, three hours of the game. In my opinion, I thought it was a great game. It was entertaining. There was mistakes. A lot of triumph. Really good play by the star players in the game. For it to be ended in that fashion, one would say taken away from us by that penalty, it's going to put a stain on the legacy as you just brought up. It's going to put a stain on the game in general and how Kansas City won. And it's honestly going to push the casual fan and good, loyal fans away from the game because money's lost, feelings are hurt, and at the end of the day, you're just going to blame the refs for the loss. So my question to you before you go is just like, it's what's next. What's in it for the league now? Well, I have a solution and you said it
1: perfectly because everything I've been talking about in the last like six months is resolved around money, right? Yeah. Um, and you said it perfectly. Money was lost. As gambling continues to get bigger and bigger and legalized in more and more states, you will have more and more money won and lost on human choices. That's what this was. It was a human choice. I don't love the call. Definitely was a hold was one of the weaker holds we've seen in regards. These holds happen on almost every play. They really do now. This is how the DBs are trained. like Hold them without holding them, right? He just happened to flip his hips, and it looked like a bad hold when in reality he was doing what they always do. He didn't expect for him to go upfield. I think the only reason he went upfield was to draw the penalty. Correct. Um, Good good play on him, really, really was. And I will always say you shouldn't put yourself in that position. If you want to say you lost the game on the call, your fault. Say they don't call that, they kick a field goal, Eagles drive down and score a touchdown, Chiefs fans are going to say the same thing, and that's the same thing going through the ref's mind. I can't miss a call. And they played him with that. So here's my solution. Baseball's going through it right now. Robo-umps. It's time for the NFL to really consider over the next five years AI-driven umpires. Officials. Not a single official on the field maybe only an official on the field to utilize calling the actual penalty that the computer generated system saw because you now have technology that can analyze an entire space you can have an and you can have a program identify every single piece and every single play so you're going to have to fine-tune this system to allow certain holds to go you're going to have to allow certain you know pass interferences to go certain blocks to be non-holds yeah i think we're only five to ten years away from everything being computer analyzed because at yeah. that point is a better as a viewer you know that you know what the players what the rule book says you know that the players know the rule book and they're playing with the rule book if the computer says that's a penalty they know it's going to be a penalty it's not oh i'm choosing to throw my flag right now right it's no it's a penalty and that's what we're stuck in right now and have been as sports fans forever is it's the human element which people like to say well that's the biggest part fuck that part fuck all (laughs) of that part it is a complete waste of our time and our energy to be enjoying these sports when a single individual can change the outcome and millions and millions and millions of dollars and i like them i like the fact that they let them play but you're right it happens too often we've seen it as packer fans too often every team sees it either in their benefit or against them. And I think about it a lot from baseball because as soon as that robo-ump hits, other leagues are going to start saying, damn, okay, it's working. And you have zero error when you know you see the data analytics come back that the computer didn't miss it all season, not once, damn. Um, and again, we have it. You know, We have Amazon out there already doing the stat cast bullshit mm-hmm. for the NFL. I really genuinely believe you can write an algorithm where it's almost perfect. And if it's not, at least the players know what rules they're playing with, because right now the human element has been flawed and flawed too long because the league has essentially made this a very, very tight window for defensive players to, to play. So I think technology is the answer. And I think the NFL at its absolute core needs to embrace it and embrace it fast.
0: Yeah, I agree. And wouldn't be surprised to see a league like the XFL who's starting here in what a week, two weeks, embrace something like it i'm actually gonna tune in probably for week one and hate it we'll see um i heard the vegas team's actually kind of fun with a lot of i think i'm actually positive geronimo allison and brett hunley are on the vegas team matt um yeah or one of the teams i think it's the vegas team anyways i wouldn't be surprised for it to be piloted in a league like that or the usfl right We have a season there, a season there. And then we see what happened in baseball. To your point, I think you made a great point, is that we had the robo ump's in the minors. And then we had uh, some of the rules that we're going into this year, right? The bigger bases, the shot clock or pitch clock, whatever. And now we see it two, three, four seasons later, actually implemented in the big leagues. And they're like, here's the data showing that the game has improved drastically because of boom, boom, boom. Let's think about putting it in the big leagues. That's the big disadvantage the NFL has is they don't have minor leagues. You can't, you won't see college implementing this because unfortunately you can't scale it in college football. There's way too many college teams, right? Um, I think technology is a great solution. I don't disagree with your take at all, but I think the NFL does have a big integrity crisis. Like this is a thing. People actually think it's scripted and to the money part, more people are betting on these games than ever before. And guess what, Matt, when you're betting on the game, you're really paying attention to shit. Trust me. I know you're really paying attention to why, I lost a bet because Devontae Smith had 100 yards. Why did Jalen Hurts lead him out of bounds and he didn't score that touchdown, right? And and you start little nitpicking at the smallest things, and now one of the smaller things just got blown up on a national scale. Bradbury gets called for that on a 1 o'clock game on Sunday. Eh, Damn, that sucks. Tough luck. Get over it, Eagles, right? Super Bowl? Can't have it. Well, he even came out and said, Yeah, I held him.
1: I, ho- I kind of hoped they let it go. <laughs>
0: like, yeah,
1: yeah. I, uh, shit. Okay. So yeah. there's right there. It is right there. Um, I just, I've been hearing this since I was a kid from people around me. The league is scripted, all the leagues are scripted, right? And then right. NBA, you have the Donnelly bullshit come out. And I had actually, I was buying a car this week and I had the guy in the finance office talk about how, Did you know that most of the owners have ties to the mob? No, <laughs> didn't know that because I haven't done research because I just didn't come to me. Um, the narrative is is key. But could you imagine with gamble gambling being legalized? If it came out that the NFL even marginally pushed oh, for be certain over. things, it'd be the over. NFL. It would be done because the governments would have no choice but to come in and just sanction the absolute shit out of them. Um, but it, the way to take away the narrative being driven and all of that is technology and. You know there will be controversy with technology because fifty years from now, after technology has been implemented for twenty or thirty years, you know one season someone will come out and be like, "The code was tampered with," and it'll be like, "Oh <laughs> right, my god,
0: hacked. the election was stolen." <laughs> yeah. Um, no, for sure, Matt. And like honestly, with the I think it's Donahue is his name. And by yes, the way, yes, the yes. um documentary on netflix very good about that if you're interested in it um and he was tied in with the mob and all this stuff yes but bringing him up and how that could relate is the truth about the quote-unquote script or the rig is that the nfl officials and the nfl pa in the nfl actually do tell officials hey look out for this we're gonna um have what they call a point of emphasis for holding or pi or whatever it might be so the officials are coming into the game with already a heightened sense of awareness for specific things now that's not the reason that bradbury got called for that hold correct but it could be a possibility that throughout the game juju smith andy reed the wide receiver coach for kc were like hey Every time we're running this route, Bradbury hits me here. Hey, every time he's grabbing, they're doing this. They're doing this. They're doing this. So on third nine, the biggest play of the game, they're looking at him and he does grab him. He's going to throw that flag, right? There's a lot more that goes into the gamesmanship and maybe behind the scenes as well. And like you said at the beginning of this, Matt, like say, well, what'd you say? Don't put yourself in a position there. Say he just gets burned. Juju catches the touchdown. Okay, now you got, what, a minute 55, level, whatever the hell it was, a minute 45 to go down and tie the game. At the end of the day, he knew he screwed up, made the bad play, and it's just a shitty look for the league because that's how Casey won, and to your point of legacy, that's how Mahomes' second Super Bowl was won. But you could say that about every sport, every game, if you want to be a sore loser.
1: Well, and that's the thing. We're we don't we're ten years, we're not 10 years we are not going to remember the Bradbury no. hold. We're just not. We're of gonna remember not. Mahomes' Super Bowl, right? Did Brady win a Super Bowl on the Tuck play?
0: No, so <laughs> they got to the Super Bowl on the Tuck play. So they that didn't win was... that year?
1: No, no, no. I'm of asking, course. did they w- they won that year?
0: Yeah, that was the that was his first one ever.
1: Oh yeah. See, I like I don't even remember that. Like that's a, to yeah. the point that's like the whole I know he beat the Raiders in the AFC, I get that, but like yeah. that was a that's that, how it all started. A that was probably the top of the top, right? Like, it it, it caused a rule playoff to be wise, formatted.
0: Playoff-wise, probably.
1: Yeah. And so we're not going to remember these things. And it sucks for the Eagles, and it sucks for the Eagles fans. And if I were an Eagle fan, I'd be devastated For sure, I'd too, be like, But everything else around it, like, you know, from the Tony return to the Hertz fumble, like, KC just out coached and hung around. I mean, we talked about that with the 49ers a lot. Hang around, hang around, hang around, like... You just hang around and you win a game. It's usually because of that was the, the strategy. And <laughs> right, um, yeah, dude, I it, I'm so glad football's over with this year. And that I think is a bigger problem for the NFL because I think a lot of people are going to be saying the same thing. Like it's really dangerous when you have so much turmoil and so much up and down because of your league and your officiating. Like you have yeah. to at some point give it over to the technology. And I, I do think we're getting closer to that. Um, Ultimately happening.
0: I don't disagree with you, bro. And like. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, if I'm like objectively thinking about this, the playoffs are pretty anticlimactic. Yeah. Realistically, the best game that we had was the Super Bowl was really. I, I disagree with you. I thought the Super Bowl game was good. Ended bad, but I thought the game overall was good. I thought the Kansas City uh, Cincinnati game was solid not as good as it should have been and then what the next best game was fucking jacksonville coming back on the chargers <laughs> seriously i'd like yeah. i can't that's the only other game here top of mind that comes right back to me like damn that game was awesome because it was just so incredible how that ended up turning out right other than that it was pretty anticlimactic.
1: I mean, I just think about the reaction at work after the Jaguars came back and won that game. It was it was what you feel when a team wins the Super Bowl. And I'm not even kidding. It was <laughs> euphoria for a lot of us. i are not even Jags fans. It was just like, what an incredible story. And you're happy for the one individual that you work with that's actually a Jacksonville fan. And all the football fans are like, can you believe it? The Chargers Chargered. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Like, fuck you, you fucking pathetic franchise. Like, and all your fans. It was so much great <laughs> feeling. And um, I'm sure it's what people have for Packers when they lose. But, oh, for sure. Um, but every other game was like, eh, even this game. It's like, eh, Like you watched a Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, and you watched the Eagles just kind of roll over at times, and like Hurts played a great game. It was, yeah, anticlimactic. And it'll be interesting because, again, we are entering a period of time when Green Bay is going to be going through a transition, whether Love plays good or not. As Packer fans – we're going to start watching the league from a different lens. And I think this is the start of that lens. And it'll be interesting. So it's the thing that's yeah. a really, really well, big The league, for this.
0: Yeah, I think the last thing we should conclude our season with here is like, we have turned the page, right? Brady's out. Rodgers, we'll talk about it next episode. If the decision hasn't been made, if he goes into the darkness, whatever the fuck he's going to do. Um, Rodgers Maybe- is pretty much done right yeah. Brady's gone uh, Breeze and like all those guys are gone now and we're sitting here with a league of Pat Mahomes and as much as I love Burrow and Allen like a bunch of unknowns like who wants to put their name in the story right of the NFL because as of right now it's just Mahomes right man like who out of every and obviously we're talking quarterbacks here but that's what the league's all about Who outside of Mahomes moves the needle? Who's the guy that's going to sit there and rival Pat and put themselves into the next chapter of the NFL? Right, That's the million-dollar question. And I personally didn't expect it to be Jalen Hurts. Fucking he might be that guy because I I genuinely don't know.
1: I think what I saw from Jalen Hurts I'm, I'm willing to say it. He's the best quarterback in the NFC, with undoubtedly. Put Rod, put Rodgers aside. Rodgers doesn't help the Eagles win that game like Jalen was, was doing. He just doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah. And um, Jalen might only have a – he might have a shorter window than Pat because of injuries and the play style he has. But that was one of the best Super Bowl performances. I, again, I didn't see the fumble, so I'm, I'm skewed here. Um, I've seen from a quarterback in a while, and he just got beat. And – Burrow doesn't win that game for the Eagles. He doesn't. Doesn't. And um, it'll be really fun to see how the NFL evolves because you're right. Right now it's Patrick Mahomes and there isn't anyone. Jalen Hurts could be that somebody in the NFC. It's too early. We're two days removed from the Super Bowl (laughs) or a day removed from the Super Bowl. I I just want to praise what I saw from Jalen and I want to praise the fact that we have a football player at quarterback and Jalen, please don't take the paycheck. Please. Like, you can change an entire generation of, of the way this game is played by just taking enough. And if you do that, you, you'll be back. You'll be back.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Well, everybody, it's been a great season. Matt and I, we we've got a game plan of things. We want to get crazy with this off season. So we'll present that to you guys in due time. But of course you can follow us on our socials at pitcher bet pod. And, um, Happy offseason. It's going to be wild. See ya.